0: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. I am your host, Stephanie Preisner. And with me in studio today, I have the fabulous magnetic, so magnetic actually that she's interfering with the fluorescent lights in the studio, the wonderful author, Kathy Kelly. Welcome to the studio.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. I am a bit magnetic, but I don't mean that in a, in a you know, men cluster to me way. I, I break watches. So clearly there is some, you know, electronic you know thing going
0: round you, you actually break watches Yeah
1: I, I, I haven't broken this watch and I was doing Dancing with Stars watch. recently it's an Apple watch I, I was thrown off after the basically I was the first person thrown off I like to get that in quick um, so uh, but my watch thought it had been robbed and someone who did exercise was using it because I haven't been doing much exercise lately so there was a brief period of the watch going oh I've been robbed and now it's back to congratulations you stood up today
0: did you enjoy dancing with the stars? It was
1: it was great fun. It was it was exhausting. Um I mean I was delighted I can do it. I used to be very fit and I am fit, but I'm I'm suffering a lot with fatigue at the moment. So it was that was let's Is us that this. like a
0: medical thing did you have COVID is it I,
1: I'm having it sort of checked out really um, but yeah I, I'm having I'm having tests yeah it's like either chronic fatigue or I don't think I had COVID so I looked you know what I don't know but
0: basically sales of Baraka went way up when I was on it yeah so you just had to like take a baraka how long was the training or how long I, I know you went in the first week I don't I watch it so I didn't see
1: um, uh, well let's see now I uh, I think I did about four weeks before Christmas, and then there was three weeks after Christmas, and then I was gone. So it was seven weeks of major dancing. It was great fun. I mean, I, I'm very flexible, and I am—I've done Pilates and yoga for years. I wouldn't have been cardio fit, yeah. so it was nice to to do those things. And it was just were fun. there long days. There were very long days, and I'm used to be my own boss. That's the thing that I would struggle
0: with, like because as a writer, we just do whatever we want when we we take our. We do whatever
1: we want. That was the hardest thing. Someone would say, "You must be in X place in town at ten o'clock in the morning," and I'd be going, "What?" And you have the twins are are they doing leaving cert this year? I have two exquisitely beautiful human beings as sons. I have been gifted with them. Murray and Dylan and they are 18 and they're doing their Leaving Cert. Yeah, They're doing uh, their maths mock this morning. The second half of their maths mock and and it sounds like it's written in Swahili. Um, I I looked at the paper. I remember years ago when I did all that stuff and, and I could do it and now I'm looking at it going, gee, that's a different language. So they're they're
0: beautiful, beautiful people. And yes. are they the type to get stressed by exams? That's also like, that can also make you pretty stressed, right? Being around that because you want them to do well and it's a really stressful time. It's
1: a really stressful time. I don't put any pressure on. I'm so into the mental health thing. Like that is, And when I say to, to a lot of people, they go, I ah, know, but you don't really mean that. And I'm like, no, I really mean that because I've struggled with my own mental health. So it is being a happy human being who can cope with life is really important but they they work very hard and they, you know, they want to do well and they have the thing that I have, which is the must keep working thing. You know, it's like uh, Dory in Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep working. Just yeah. keep working.
0: So, they, so they're really good at that. But also you have, have you there to be like, OK, now you need to take a break. And-
1: Sometimes I go in and I say, stop. Stop. Oh, nice. We will stop now. And, and and I have three small dogs, and the three small dogs are great because you wheel in the three small dogs, and and the dogs they need instantaneous love, affection, and everything, and that works. A great distraction. Great distraction.
0: So, talk to me about all of your novels, every one of them. I know I no, have don't. to remember names
1: <laughs> and stuff. This is a quiz, can I, I No, uh, no, it's absolutely brilliant. not. When did you I write?
0: your first one and when did you, was it something that you always wanted to do? I get asked this question all the time. Did you always want to write a book? Not really, no. But I did it. Do you know, what? there was a a great thing and I've said this before myself, um, Marion Keyes,
1: Patricia Scanlon and Sheila O'Flanagan, we like are... And, and were really, really brilliant friends because, you know, when we started, there wasn't really anyone else. It was Maeve, obviously, but, you know, we didn't really... We knew Maeve a bit, but, like, Maeve was older than Maeve us. Maeve she yes. Maeve yeah. Binchy and Maeve was, like, you know, goddess. So we were these little mere mortally people. So we used to meet up and have coffee and talk. We used to have our office Christmas lunch and our joke was always that one day when people would would ask us, you know, did you always want to be a writer? One of us was going to say, no, I wanted to be a porn star, just for badness. and And I did it recently That and um, now this is 20 years after the fact and it didn't nobody took a blind bit of notice but anyway um, I I always wrote like literally as a child I I lived in books I lived in a fantasy world of books you know so much um, when I was a kid we were in three libraries my biggest thrill was getting into bed with you know a pile of books and in them days you could only get three books at a go oh wow yeah, I know that was desperate. You just eating them. I know, I was eating them. I was eating books. and um, But I didn't think you could turn it into a job. Now, I did write poetry. I, you know, I poured my life into writing and reading. But I was thinking of doing law. Thank God we didn't go down that route. I was <laughs> thinking of doing physiotherapy. I did the science subjects. I, look, I, when I was four, I wanted to be a, a horse jockey. No, a jockey horse. Sorry, because, you know. Yeah, because I didn't, didn't get it right. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I ended up doing journalism, which wasn't on the initial CAO form. And I loved the writing of it. But perhaps journalism was not the right fit on some levels for someone who likes with the, the imagination, Yeah, who likes fiction. Um, So... I, Basically, when I was working in journalism, you know, my news editor knew I wanted to write and tried to put me in touch with someone who was looking for clogs and shawls novels. Clogs and shawls, we're talking, you know, the some of the darkest parts of Irish history, famine, people leaving the country. And of course, people still leave the country.
0: To our- but where were those books sold? Like, what, what is that? I've never heard of that.
1: Uh, well, Clogs and tr- they're huge. I mean, it's sort of like the Catherine Cooks. No, that's not ringing really any bells with you either. It's, it's a particular type of book that you would see. It, it, quite a big American market. Um, I wouldn't have
0: read them. Like Brooklyn, the movie um, in a book.
1: Brooklyn would have been vaguely yes. And we won't get down to the If a woman had written that, it would be a whole different ballgame. But anyway, because, uh, you know, let's not go there. Um. But, you know, earlier, sort of 1840s, 1850s. But not something you were particularly interested in actually writing? I never read them. I mean, you cannot suddenly go, oh, I'll write that one. You know, it's just Oh, yes, okay, because
0: you don't know the genre.
1: You don't know the genre, you're not interested in it. You have to write what you're interested in. So I told everyone I was going to do that, which was thick. And uh, because they all kept asking me and stayed working. And that went nowhere because I couldn't do it. And then a few years later, I thought, you know, blast it. I will write the sort of book I write. I want to read. And it took me several goes to hammer it into what I thought was a reasonable shape. This was the 1994s, 1995s. It got published only in Ireland in 1997. And then in about, I don't know, 2002, 2003, I gave up full-time journalism and I became a full-time
0: writer. And, and that is it. And at what point did you become friends with the Marians and the, like, was that when you were writing that first book or and after? Not when I was writing. I mean, when I was in the early day days, uh,
1: Patricia Scanlon, who is an angel on high, it uh, was a great help to me because I remember going out to her when I was signing my first contract and she was, so, she's so good. And that's, you know, she's such a part of the pay it forward thing, which I've always tried to do. I've always tried to help people and mentor people and. That's why I get very annoyed with this belief that, that women writers don't take care of each other and look after each other.
0: It sounds like you've got a lovely community there.
1: But there is a lovely community. It's, it's like the way I'm friends with you. It's like, you know, I can come into this room and I know that you're a beautiful human being and that I'm safe with you and that we understand the same things. It's fabulous. And I think that's a very female experience and it's just completely wonderful. So... We were all at the time published by Pullbeg. And, you know, we just, I don't know how we end. I actually have no memory. I have a brutal memory. Never write me memoirs for a variety of reasons, but that would be one of them because I can't remember. Um, But we started doing that and it was just lovely. And we'd, we never talked about plots of books. People always say, did you talk about your books? No, we just talked about life. This was like, we were colleagues having a laugh and having a joke
0: and the Fun. and it's the most important thing because actually being a writer can be so isolating because you're just on your own with your laptop or I don't know whatever you were writing on oh <laughs> listen like,
1: well, when I started I did I didn't say, laptop hello how are you I had an old second hand um, computer which was not quite a, you know a Commodore 64 but close to it it was a second hand one and I'd sit on this second hand kitchen table that I was using as a dining room table with my Labrador Tamsin would sit on the couch and peer back at me as though to say I'm abused and I mean because you're
0: ignoring me. Yeah, cuz yeah. Yeah. I mean, like she slept
1: in my bed, like so clearly she you know she was deeply abused. Oh, my baby. Um and yeah, very it it is a very very lonely thing. And when I left journalism, I I was fired from my job. Um I mean, I wasn't there enough probably, but it's a long story. So, um So when I ended up leaving, I was really, really devastated to be let go because I'm very sociable and um, that was very, very difficult and suddenly I was on my own. So I made even more of an effort to build up these friends and I had so many friends and I was always open to new friends and... Today, as we as we tape this, I'm not sure when it's going to go out, but this is the anniversary it's of Emma. Emma Hannigan's death, who was literally my best friend, and I met her through her saying to me she wanted to write a book, and we became so close. And my heart is broken. It's four years today, is it? Four years today, but, but I I can't. It it it's, it is not the luxury for me to have my heart broken. It is that is for her beautiful family. Um. But the the friends you make doing, it's like finding your tribe. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, kids going off to college or finding a job or finding something you love and you find your tribe. Writers are my tribe. Now, I have lots of other tribes, but certainly writers are my tribe. And it was wonderful. I did this thing recently with an American writer. It was a Facebook thing for a library in the UK. And it was a lady called Diane Chamberlain. And she has written more books than me and they have all been spectacularly successful on the New York Times list, which I have not troubled in any way. And um, she, uh, somebody, the, the, the lovely librarian
0: interviewing us said, and does it
1: get harder or easier? And the two of us went, harder! <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were like, gollum, harder!
0: Why, why do you think that is? Because your ideas run out or because you're no. competing with your previous?
1: You're competing with your previous self. Um, it's not that your ideas run out. I, you know, it's like, what's that thing, six, uh, Alison Wonderland? you know, think six impossible things before breakfast. Oh, yes. I do think six impossible things before breakfast. But I, I, you know, it's a combination of if we'll say if one book doesn't work as well commercially as another book, you're convinced you're a failure. When you're writing a book, you're convinced it's a failure. I just think this is part of, to be the sort of person who writes books, you need to have that layer of skin removed so that you can feel. It's like you're feeling the world through, through a type of braille. And in order to feel the world through the Type of Braille, you are, you're vulnerable, you're sensitive, and that, you know, you can turn that outwards and you can understand things, but by God, you turn it inwards too.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a really vulnerable because you give so much of yourself. And like, I, uh, in all terms, like not just in books, but I have had to like just stop taking any, stop paying any credence to any feedback whatsoever. Because if you if you buy into the positive feedback like if you believe when people say like oh that was great you did amazing you have to reconcile the fact that someday someone's going to go that was awful I hated it and you can't be selective in that because if you're going to buy into someone's feedback just a normal person then you have to buy into the other normal person's feedback.
1: That is absolutely it. I think that's why I struggle with social media. I mean uh, the Someone I knew years ago. We all a load of English writers. This must be twenty five years ago. We we wrote a compilation called Girls Night In for War Child. I mean, you know what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. War Child. I mean, and I'm a UNICEF ambassador. This is uh, this horrendous disaster that is going. It's not a disaster. It's a war. Um, but this beautiful woman, um, she, uh, Freya North. Somebody had written something horrendous. She'd gone on Amazon and she'd read someone had written something dreadful. Now, the, there might have been 400 beautiful things and one desperate thing. But the yeah. thing is, you believe the desperate thing. So I have stepped back from that. I do find social media dif- difficult because I think you, there is a privacy. You have to protect yourself in order to write. And it's, for me anyway, difficult to to open that door. Um, and yeah, I... I've, I'm stepping back as I'm getting older. I'm learning, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I mean, like I'm—I am fifty-five. I've been writing my whole life. I am, but you know, I can still practically do the splits. I'm very bendy <laughs> I keep doing the splits. Um, but I don't—you know—there's nothing old in my brain. I mean, my brain—I'm possibly seventeen, and I'm. Of energy, well, I'm not full of energy because I'm suffering from chronic fatigue, but um, you know, mental energy. But I have to step away, I have had to learn for my own sanity to step away from a lot of stuff. And
0: yeah, taking a break from the episode to bring you an ad because this podcast is only possible because of our sponsor. Supporting our sponsor supports the podcast. And let me tell you about who they are. Rockwell's financial planning service is designed for anyone who feels as if they kind of need to just put a shape on their finances. I don't know if you're like me, you kind of feel like, oh, my finances are all over the place. I need to kind of start adulting. This is the service for you. Whether you're like a senior executive in a multinational company or a small business owner or just a young couple looking to get a head start in your financial planning, a single person who wants to make plans for their future, So they consider themselves financial doers rather than financial planners, which I really like because it's active. It's not just like um, Namby Pamby sort of making a plan. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. They're happy to help you in person or over Zoom. Pensions and investments are really important, but they're absolutely useless without knowing why you're using them and what you're using them for. They are in the outcomes business. They are in the business of results so it's not just about the plan it's about the action so they use this like award-winning investment advice to help their clients achieve their goals and they have a special offer for you listening right now for basically listeners if you go to rockwellfinancial.ie forward slash basically you can book a complimentary financial planning session today you'll get a cash flow model which outlines any gaps in your finances and they'll give you the first steps to achieving your specific goals. I highly recommend Rockwell and I think as a Basically listener, you should definitely check it out. It's free. It's going to put you on the right path to getting your finances in order. That's it. Go to rockwellfinancial.ie forward slash basically. Hey you guys, just dropping in to let you know that some of you might know already, we are doing a live version of the podcast. Yes, a live show on the 23rd of March in Dublin in Smock Alley Theatre. I'm just so excited to meet you guys because it's such a great community. I know we connect on Instagram or people mail into the show and mail their questions, but I've never actually met the people who listen to the show. So I really hope that you can come along. Uh, our guests are going to be Luke O'Neill. PJ Gallagher, we're going to do a hilarious uh, PJ Gallagher around the world thing. You can ask Luke uh, your COVID questions, but he's also going to bring his guitar and talk to us about some uh, movements in science. And we are also going to have Panty Bliss, who is an amazing advocate and a fascinating person. So... Three guests for the price of one. Well, it's going to be a long show. So if you are coming along, there's still some tickets left. You can get them at www.smockalley.com. That's S-M-O-C-K-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And you'll find us there on the 23rd of March. Please come along. I cannot wait to meet you all. Would you be encouraged by your editors or your publishers to do that social media stuff? Because I know there is an element of, yes, it's fine to write the book. But it's also now coming down to the author to sell the book. Like you have to go out on a junket. You have to sell the book. People have to know you. People are going to buy into you as a person. And I find that can be absolutely exhausting. Like, just let me do my job and put it on the shelf and then let me go to bed. You know, that is a a brilliant point. And it's really, it's occurring to me recently. I mean, yes,
1: you are. There is pressure on it. And I can do the junket. okay now, so the pandemic has stopped the, the touring. I mean, I... You know, I can tour, no problem, and I because I love people. I like meeting people. It is very exhausting. Like I, you know, would, would say, go to. Uh, I've had number ones in the UK. I'll, sorry, this. I, I'm embarrassed to say this. Do now, it. Say, no, go okay, on. i will say it. Embar- um, UK's number, UK ones, number one. Australia. Australian number ones. New Zealand number ones. So. I can go to those places and I can tour and they they tour differently. Like you, you're in this massive auditorium with 300 people and, you know, South Africa's, you know, that sort of vibe. And you go up there and you talk. It's like stand up and and I can do that. And that's great and fabulous. But you do need the downtime to go away and sit in a room and go, OK, I just need to sit here and look at the television and eat toast. And um, the problem is that in the last whatever X number of years, uh publishing has changed there the world has changed social media is a different thing and yet the uh onus for all that stuff is 100 is not 100% because there is a certain percentage that is still on you know, the the publishers are wonderful and they do their part. But that needs... 98%, now, I would say. Yeah. OK, that needs to be a separate division. So basically, publishing needs to go, OK, we have another area. So it's not enough to just say, right, we're going to, uh, you know, pay uh, Eason stroke Tesco for, for the space. We are not going to put a dump bin in here. We're not going to put an ad. We need a budget where a team of people do social media and that is actually not really being taken on board. So so you feel, oh God, I'm a useless human being, I haven't done this. But actually it's a whole different area of marketing yeah. and you're expecting people who are probably not A, brilliant at it, but B, by
0: very virtue of the fact that they're writers, n- you know, that's not their thing. But I have noticed that like social media, pr- pr- particularly TikTok, has completely changed the landscape like there are these things called book talkers and they're just like regular people reading books and like particularly in the young adult like yeah, the young yeah. adult market you know kids wanting to read books because they saw them on TikTok which is amazing for books I don't think we've it's had fantastic. like fantastic yes absolutely it's also World Book Day today I know it's World
1: Book Day today
0: I know Emma that's Hanigan's so birthday is on World Book Day that's amazing I know look oh, isn't her. it just
1: oh my goodness the, the,
0: the woman she's for those I, of you who don't know, Emma Hannigan was an author um, who wrote some amazing books about her cancer diagnosis and her, what is, is it, To My Daughter? I've read, I haven't read. I read. She, so she's. she wrote, basically I met her, she had the BRCA1 gene
1: and I met her when she was going in to have um, surgery to remove her
0: uh, breasts and her ovaries. She. she and, was, sorry, just for people listening, BRCA1 is a gene that if you have it, you have a predisposition to. Yeah cancer. so
1: you have a 75% chance of getting breast cancer and 50% chance anyway of getting ovarian cancer and Emma was one of the most spectacular people you've ever met the most positive person and she she said I don't care if they cut it out with a spoon let's get it out that was it so
0: she had a mastectomy and ov- and her ovaries were and out. yes uh, oophorectomy okay.
1: bilateral oophorectomy. oophorectomy I know the words um it is the Ashkenazi Jewish gene it's a, it's a huge um, hugely popular gene Angelina Jolie has it too and it you know Emma had two beautiful small children who are now adults and they're amazing people and her attitude was I am going to live with this but this is a very this is a cancer that just keeps hammering back and she wrote a biography called Talk to the Headscarf and it was hilarious and it basically starts off by saying you know if you have been diagnosed with cancer do not go out and dig a um Dig a grave in the back garden. This is these are Emma Hannigan's words because I read all this. I read all her work as she was writing it. She used to write it when she was having um, oncology, and I'd go in and I'd sit with her sometimes, the day you know, in the day ward. Um so her attitude was she was very very positive even to the very end, and she inspired so many people. And she also wrote uh, a lot of non fiction work. So Emma Hannigan. Look her up. She is one of life's inspirational
0: people, and her her family are so beautiful. Can I just ask about? She found out she had the BRCA one gene. And did she know she had cancer at that point, or did she go? No, and, no. What so happened? So she got those was, and stiga. It was
1: her family were involved in um because several members of her family had um BRCA one gene. Her aunt. Then they they test so they test down at the, this was at the time so they test down so she was tested then and when she it was discovered she had it and because she was young it's one of those younger cancers are very aggressive so she said right let's just cut this out now however early breast cancer was discovered and it went on to basically um keep coming back in her neck and her head and she before she Died. She raised, I think, in two weeks before she died, from her hospital bed. She raised, I think, two hundred and sixty thousand euros for Breast um, Cancer Ireland. Who and, and I'm involved in a wonderful thing they're doing um, this uh, this June, which is this. Um, uh, is it 100 kilometres in a month or 90 kilometres anyway it's fabulous fabulous I also
0: have a t-shirt here
1: you for it. have it's the t-shirt 100
0: kilometres in 30 days
1: there you go You have the, I ha- yeah. I talked about it on the television today I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm did outraged. you get a t-shirt yet no no I'll have to get me t t-shirt because yeah. that is very much my colour no I'm only joking my <laughs> colour is black basically absolutely <laughs> fluorescent thing yeah um, so but, but that's you know I don't know how we got onto the subject of this but
0: World Book Day her anniversary also you talking about the support of your female the of the community.
1: So this this was a huge thing. So we all I mean, OK, she was my closest friend and um, and yeah, devastation. Uh, I still have her number on my phone. I look at it sometimes. Um anyway, I talk to her sometimes. Um the thing is that, you know, women supporting women, this is part of the way forward, you know. Um, Marion Keyes says something marvelous the other day. I love Marion about you know we didn't make the rules, but we don't have to live by the rules. God, Marion is a queen, and it's about yeah. Let's all let's let's work with each other. Let's have this marvelous friendship among other other
0: writers, and that is very very powerful. Talk to me about how actual, to write a book <laughs> not the how but the process that you write because for example my first book had my first draft of my first book had to be 70,000 words now it was memoir I don't think I could write fiction but my approach to it was okay 70,000 words that's 10,000 words a week that's 2,000 words a day five days a week so I just got up in the morning wrote 2,000 words a day five days a week for seven weeks and then I had it but then that was because it was memoir so I was literally just writing about then this happened what is your approach?
1: You see, I, I find that overwhelming that, that you could do that and also that you could, you know, that's A and B, that you could remember it. You know, I mean, a friend of my mother's used to keep a diary and my joke was always I was going to have to, you know, go to her and get the diary if I was going to write because I have such gaps in my memory. It's phenomenal. Um, my approach is, yeah, it's reasonably similar. Book sizes have gone down. Um the I had a book once that had two hundred and thirty thousand words in it. I mean now they throw it at you.
0: Yeah. that's they like Harry to... Potter and the Order of the Phoenix That or is indeed like...
1: Harry Potter God, I love Harry Potter. So do I. I know. You listen to I listen to it in the car, you know, it's one of my comfort things, although I'm on book seven and it's so sad. I can't do book seven. <laughs> um anyway, so um what I do is I I I plot it and I plot it quite loosely and, and possibly despite having I'm in the final edit of book twenty two. The first one, one was out year? in nineteen I said sort of on, yeah, on off one year. That's what I've been doing. Maybe that's sort of why I'm exhausted. Um, I mean,
0: we could dig into that. We like could dig- we could have
1: a look at that, but sure, you know, that be there there comes a point in everyone's life. No, I I'm not stopping, but you know. So you loosely plot it out. So I loosely plot it out, and in my you know, uh, loosely plotting it out and when I used to meet people like Patricia Scanlon she always used to say things like the characters have a life of their own and I used to go Is she on drugs I don't see anything in the kitchen but sure there must be something in that bun and really it does take over in you know you, you get a character and you think okay I really want them to do X but the character if you have created them and I'm very into sort of the psychological analysis and the motivation for everyone and this has to be what they would do. um, They go off and they do that thing that I wasn't expecting them to do and I have to tweak the book around it. Now, I've always wanted to do two things. Everyone who comes in, who's written X books, always wants to do four other books. And I've always wanted to write um, young adult uh, fiction because there is a large part of me that is a young adult. And I've always wanted to write Thrillers, I love thrillers, and there is a sort of in.
0: And why can't you? Is that just because, like, do you kind of write yourself into a genre where you can't really? move No, it's nothing that, to do or? with
1: that. It's just timing. No, okay. I mean, like, I will say I'm writing with a publisher, and I have to deliver them x number of books within x amount of time. That's the way a contract works. You know that. But um, so it's it's timing, and the tireder I get, the less I'm likely to do that. But. Nothing is off the table. I'm
0: 55. So, but does your contract say you have to write, so it's a five book deal, let's say, you have to write us five books in the next six years. And they have to be...
1: Oh, yes. Oh, you know, there's no two ways about it. They are... If they're buying Kathy Kelly, they're buying Kathy Kelly. They're not buying Kathy Kelly pretending she's J.K. Rowling. Okay, okay. So they don't so want a young adult book. No, they don't want a young adult book. Because that's that's like a whole new ball game. That's, you know, like... It's a
0: different marketing campaign. It's yeah, exactly. Like that's like Rory
1: McIlroy saying, I think I'll do tennis now. Right, okay. You know, and, and I'm not comparing myself with Rory, although he just great charity work for which I I love anyone who does charity work I think it's so huge Um, it's like I don't mean giving back in some sappy way I mean it's like we all have this um, we all have this responsibility like I, I was given a gift of brains and the ability to express myself I I owe to express myself for other people in, we'll say, Afghanistan, which is a big thing at the moment, Yemen. I know Ukraine is also, but there are still massive problems in Afghanistan and Yemen. Um, So I, you know, polio, they thought they'd eradicated polio out of uh, all but five countries is now banging back, right? Because, you know, the world's falling apart. Um, So I feel it's really important to give stuff back. Anyway, how do I write a book? I... Plan it out. I'm a great fan of the Owl um, legal pads where I I do things and I put a square around it and I go, she is um, 35 and this is her name. And then I go, I ah, know I don't like that name. And then I scribble that out and I give her a different name. But I always have an idea of what I'm writing about. And it's about moving and sh- it's like you know moving the jigsaw pieces to make them all you can't see this because it's not visual but um, she's doing an interpretive dance I'm, do you know what we have a big joke in my house about you know just tell me don't do it through interpretive dance so I'm doing interpretive dance with my hands it's sort of like you know uh, I don't know anyway I'm doing interpretive dance to I move the pieces around to make them fit and they begin to fit and I think okay that works that works. And then I, you know, write a quarter of it and I keep rewriting that first quarter of it obsessively. The quarter, like, do you start at the beginning? Start at the beginning. Um, and until I get the beginning and the people right, until I get the people right, I can't move on. So I am writing and writing and writing and rewriting those people for, I'd say, half the book is spent doing the first quarter. Okay. And then once I've got that, I can belt along.
0: And then, do you submit a first draft? Like, how, what's the drafting process like? Is your does your editor come back and be like, mm, "I don't really like this bit"? Or See,
1: I never used to do that. I used to do what I call lumps, which is of course a technical term. So I'd send in a big lump. So I'd send in, you know, forty thousand words and go, "Here's the first lump," and they'd read that and go, "That's great." Um, and and basically, I think they were waiting for me to send in all the lumps and then they would look at it because yes. then they knew where it was going but they just let me go on with my here's lump system
0: because that was working for me yeah um, but so could could you proceed to the next lump without having had feedback on the first lump yes okay
1: because basically as far as I'm concerned I'm I don't mean this in any it's like this it's not that you know it's my vision I am in charge but I I write it I get it down and then I, I'm I'm always eager to hear what anyone has to say. I mean like I'm you know I was the person who always had their homework done and if the teacher said that was wrong I was like oh my god that was wrong. So I'm willi- able and willing to take absolutely criticism I, like I'm there going oh my god was that bad? Was Am I an idiot? Okay I'm so sorry that was wrong. So I'm you know, as I as I get older, as I've written more books, as I work with different editors and in the last few years, I've worked with quite a lot of editors. This is not through me. It's just the people I was working with. There was a lot of different people were coming and going. Um, But like I, I will work with anyone, basically, because, you know, they're generally women and I love women. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's always been a joy. And I've been working with different people and I'll say, well, this is sort of how I do it. And then they'll come back and they'll go, do you think that might work? So I'm, I'm working with this lovely new lady called Charlotte, who is just a complete angel. And for the first time ever, I gave her the whole thing. And then she came back and she said, she might think of, you know, doing this. It's, it's sort of more, could we see a bit more of this? Could we? It's not that that's wrong. It's can yes. we see a bit more of this? I'd like to see a bit more of this. I'd like to see a bit more of this character. See, so I went off and I did that. And now she sent it back saying... Um, yeah, could we see a bit more of this? And I've never had that. This is just a whole new experience. But I'm just going, grand job. You know, like, yeah, life, work, you know. I'm. This very... thing exists
0: in your head, so if she wants to see more of it, you can just tell her more. of
1: Yeah, listen, it's your look. I could be
0: doing a mini-series.
1: I'm sorry I'm not doing a mini-series. I mean, there's a lot of mini-series out there.
0: A mini-series of books?
1: Yeah, but you see, my problem is I don't know if anything I write is filmic that doesn't mean that I can't write something filmic that was another of my things I might do that but you sure, look who knows isn't it great to have things I mean I crochet and I'm determined I'm going to make a crochet blanket sure might never happen but I blocked it now to those of you who don't know what blocking is so I normally make round yolks because they're really simple so I've in made, crochet yes yeah, so right. now I've made a few of the round yolks into square yolks and then I got the, and what you do is you wet them and you put them on a thing like yoga mat and you pin them down and then it makes them even more square so that when you have to join them it's sort of easier. So
0: now this is major progress. How many of these have you made? Five. I'd say you'll need probably more than five for a blanket. I know, I know. You? But you know, it's just small steps. Like, do you know? How many hours a day would you write for? In and around? It depends. Certainly five. Every day?
1: Every day. But uh, part of my thing is because the most important thing to me was it, okay being well, as soon as I became a parent it was like this is this is a thing so you can have what is it they say you can have kids you can have a career and you can have a social life you get to pick two of those things. So I had kids and my career. beautiful children and I had a career. I had absolutely nothing else. I didn't go out of the house. I, I was out recently and I was like out out exists. Mm-hmm. You know. So um so, yeah, so I'm then, you know, doing pickups and dropping and attempting to cook. I'm a really
0: bad cook. Are you a really bad cook?
1: Well, it's not that I'm a really bad cook, but. You, you hate know, it. I think I hate it. You know, the Dirt Birds, I love them. They did a wonderful sketch recently about, you know, a, a news report on what to have for the dinner. And it was just fabulous. It was like, what are we going to have for the dinner? Like, it happens to me every day. I'm going, oh my God, what are we going to have for the dinner?
0: Oh. You should have food, like, like, like a.
1: Like a A menu for the week. I've tried the menu for the week, but then everyone gets bored. And, you know, the Jamie Oliver sausage casserole, which was fabulous. And I had it down to a fine art. Like I just, God forbid that I, I look at the recipe once. Like I don't read instructions. So I, you know, so I look at the recipe once. I go, yeah, right, got that. And, and you um, do your
0: own version of it.
1: I know. I mean, I was pretty much following him, you know, and he's good and it's all healthy and everything. So I was doing this sausage casserole yolk and it was fabulous. But like it was Monday. That was Monday's meal. So after about, you know, eight Mondays, they were like, ah, you know, you're bored. And I was like,
0: no, you've just perfected it.
1: No, i just got the hang of it.
0: So just tell us before we finish, uh, the, m- tease us a little bit about this new book. What's it called? Okay, I have a new book called The Wedding Party. When do you decide on a title? Um,
1: I didn't decide on this title. Someone else decided upon it. So basically I write the lumps and other people <laughs> say we need we need a word for this. In the early days I used to, I came up with all the titles. Um, now I, my, my title generating device is now broken. So um, I go, oh, okay. I wasn't mad on it, but there you go. Although I think I, no, actually, I didn't come up with other women. Someone else came up with that. That's out in paperback as we speak. And it's 99 cents on Kindle for all of March other women in paperback. So that's a nice deal. Um, So the wedding party um, is basically about how families see things differently. So we have a family of four girls and they're looking over their life and they're seeing things differently. So it's like the past looks different to different people. Their parents divorced when they were teenagers and uh, there was lots of gambling and they lost the house and everything and now the parents have decided they're going to get married again. It's going to be lovely. And one of the daughters is a politician and one of the daughters is a businesswoman and uh, one is a midwife and they've all these interesting, fabulous, wonderful jobs and, well, not all fabulous, interesting, wonderful jobs but it's about, they all have something, there. are sort of, the girls all have something, they're... That, that they would prefer didn't come out not like that they you know stabbed someone and hit his yes, body yeah, yeah, around yeah. like that Um, although there is a thought you know Um, and it's about the parents said it's going to get married we're going to get married in two weeks and they're like going what did you not re- forget the you know cluster <clears throat> that yes, went okay. on before so it's about it's sort of that you know archetype of wedding grown up kids who are just not into it they're all dealing with their own stuff Stuff and there are people coming out of the woodwork and um and it's fun and it's and it's set um in in Ireland and it's set in in the sun. Like in Ireland, it's very sunny most of the days. I couldn't help it. I did a lot of writing of it in the winter so I felt It's It's gonna be sunny.
0: Yeah, well, it does happen. I mean, I remember getting married last year and it was. Congratulations. Thank you, but it was like poor Noel bought a woolen suit and it was like over 30 degrees and it was (gasps) really, really hot and it felt like Italy, but it was actually Dublin. Italy. I love Italy. So, Cathy, that's the next book. Where can people find it? When is it out? And you've already told us about Other Women, which is out now in paperback or 99 cents. Out in paperback
1: or 99 cents on Kindle and. Belt up there onto the Kindle. I'm sorry. I know it's dreadful, but um, I was in the bookshop today the and I couldn't see it, so I thought, lads. Well, if the bookshops not stocking, let's go for Kindle. Um, so um, the it is. The wedding party is going to be out in either June or July. July, I think there was some food thrown around, um, possibly to do with me being a bit slow with it. So there was talk of it being out in April, but that is a, a mistake and, and not to do with me. Um, so I think it will be
0: um, out during the summer. Cathy Kelly, thank you so much and thank you guys for listening to another episode of Basically. We will be back next week with another brilliant episode. Uh, Our music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by Kahalo Gara. We are produced by Julie Hassett and we're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Catch you next week.